0: CHAPTER FIFTY-THREE OF THE QUEEN'S NECKLACE BY ALEXANDRE DUMAS TRANSLATED BY HENRY L. WILLIAMS THIS LibriVox RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN CONVALESCENCE The Queen walked straight up to where Charny lay, dressed on a couch. He raised his head, wakened by her entrance. "'The Queen!' cried he, trying to rise. "'Yes, sir, the Queen,' she replied. "'who knows how you strive to lose both reason and life. "'The queen, whom you offend, both dreaming and waking. "'The queen, who cares for your honor and your safety, "'and therefore comes to you. "'Is it possible,' continued she, "'that a gentleman, formerly renowned like you for his loyalty and honor, "'should become such an enemy as you have been to the reputation of a woman?' "'What will my enemies do, if you set them the example of treason?' "'Treason?' stammered Charny. "'Yes, sir. Either you are a madman, and must be forcibly prevented from doing harm, or you are a traitor, and must be punished.' "'Oh, madame, do not call me a traitor!' from the mouth of a king such an accusation would precede death from the mouth of a woman it is dishonor queen kill me or spare me are you in your right mind monsieur de charny said the queen in a moved voice yes madame do you remember your wrongs towards me and toward the king Mon Dieu he murmured for you to easily forget you gentlemen that the king is the husband of the woman whom you insult by raising your eyes to her that he is the father of your future master the dauphin you forget also that he is a greater and better man than any of you a man whom i esteem and love oh murmured charny with a groan and seemed ready to faint this cry pierced the queen's heart she thought he was about to die and was going to call for assistance but after an instant's reflection she went on let us converse quietly and be a man doctor louis has vainly tried to cure you your wound which was nothing has been rendered dangerous through your own extravagances when will you cease to present to the good doctor the spectacle of a scandalous folly which disquiets him when will you leave the castle madame replied charny your majesty sends me away i go i go and he rose with a violent effort as though he would have fled that instant but unable to stand fell almost into the arms of the queen who had risen to stop him she replaced him on the sofa a bloody foam rose to his lips ah so much the better cried he i die killed by you the queen forgot everything but his danger she supported his drooping head on her shoulders and pressed her cold hands to his forehead and heart her touch seemed to revive him as if by magic he lived again then she wished to fly but he caught hold of her dress saying madame in the name of the respect which i feel for you adieu adieu cried the queen oh madame pardon me i do pardon you madame one last look monsieur de charny said the queen trembling if you are not the basest of men to-morrow you will be dead or have left this castle He threw himself at her feet. She opened the door and rushed away. Andrea saw for an instant the young man on his knees before her and felt struck with both hate and despair. She thought, as she saw the queen return, that God had given too much to this woman in adding to her throne and her beauty this half-hour with Monsieur de Charny. The doctor, occupied only with the success of the negotiation, said, "'Well, madame,' What will he do? He will leave, replied the queen, and passing them quickly she returned to her apartment. The doctor went to his patient and Andrea to her room. Dr. Louis found Charny a changed man, declaring himself perfectly strong, asking the doctor how he should be moved and when he should be quite well, with so much energy that the doctor feared it was too much, and then he must relapse after it, He was, however, so reasonable as to feel the necessity of explaining this sudden change. "'The Queen has done me more good by making me ashamed of myself,' he said, "'than you, dear doctor, with all your science. "'She has vanquished me by an appeal to my amour propre.' "'So much the better,' said the doctor. "'Yes.' i remember that a spaniard they are all boasters told me one day to prove the force of his will that it sufficed for him in a duel which he had fought and in which he had been wounded to will that the blood should not flow in the presence of his adversary in order to retain it i laughed at him however i now feel something like it myself i think that if my fever and delirium wish to return I could chase them away, saying, Fever and delirium, I forbid you to appear. We know such things are possible, replied the doctor. Allow me to congratulate you, for you are cured morally. Oh, yes? Well, the physical cure will soon follow. Once sound in mind, you will be sound in body within a week. Thanks, doctor. And, to begin, you must leave this place. I am ready immediately. Oh, we will not be rash. We will wait till this evening. Where will you go? Anywhere. To the end of the world, if you like. That is too far for a first journey. We will content ourselves with Versailles. I have a house there where you shall go to-night." Accordingly, that evening the four valets, who had been so rudely repulsed before, carried him to his carriage. The king had been hunting all day. Charny felt somewhat uneasy at leaving without apprising him, but the doctor promised to make his excuses. Andrea, concealed behind her curtains, saw the carriage drive off. "'If he resumes his desire to die,' thought the doctor, at least it will not be in my rooms and under my care charny arrived safely however and the next day the doctor found him so well that he told him he thought he would require him no longer he received a visit from his uncle and from an officer sent by the king to inquire after him at the end of a week he could ride slowly on horseback then the doctor advised him to go for a time to his estates in Picardy to regain strength he accordingly took leave of the king, charged Monsieur de Suffren with his adieu to the queen, who was ill that evening, and sent off for his chateau at Borson. End of chapter fifty-three. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.